There we go. So we're back again for, I think, episode 25 of Friday Night Counter-Attack. And it's our first episode with multiple guests. And I'm very happy with this because this is from our fellow podcasters that I've been listening to for quite a long time. And I thought it's about time you kind of get some fresh faces on as, as guest appearance. So we've got It's Football Day On. So we've got Lewis and we've got Ryan and we've got uh, two Maggies up top represented by Big Kess. So thank you, everyone, for joining the conversation. Uh, how are you all doing? One by one, how are you all doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having us on as always. It's my second time featuring on here. So, you know, thanks for having me back. Clearly must have impressed the first time around. So, cheers. <laughs> nah, it was a fun conversation the first time around. It was a fun result for me after we beat Newcastle for that preview. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all well and good. Ryan, how are you doing? Second half of um, it's football day. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, no, all good. Obviously, this is my first appearance on it. First time sort of doing anything like this, obviously, with multiple different podcasters. So, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm doing all well and I think it's, uh, it's going to be good. Nah, that's good to hear. And we've got big cast from two Maggies up top. So if I remember correctly, there's three of the two Maggies up top, but we've got one represented tonight. So it's, it's good to have you on, big cast. Pleasure to be on, man. Thanks for having me, man. Nah, that's all well and good. We've just had our uh, Ramadan, so we've just been like exhausted and we've had some pre-recorded episodes that have been out. So they were quite fun to kind of record and listen back to a couple months later. So I'm maybe a bit rusty today, but it's all well and good. It's, it's You're all in the same boat as me in terms of hosting podcasts. So you know what it's like. Um, but yeah, a couple of, of the rest of us will be on later. Hopefully Salem and Rahul will be on later to share their team of the season. And this is what we're all here to do, just to discuss amongst us podcasters, our team of the season. But before we begin with that, I'm just going to kind of plug my new kind of show that I'm doing on YouTube. So it's actually called Check It Out. So I'm wearing the Andres Iniesta kit from 2018 for Spain currently at the moment. I've gained weight, as I can see in the recording from Ramadan, but you got to eat a lot of sugar during Ramadan to keep yourself going. Um, but no, it's a weekly show that's going to be coming out every Friday at 12 o'clock on YouTube, where I basically get to interview my friends and family about their football kit collection. So by all means, uh, two mags at the top, uh, it's football day, you're more than welcome. We'll get a recording in soon. And we get to look at your football kit collection. And it's something that I'm quite passionate about. And I really want to kind of see everyone's designs. I want to see what... Um, kind of makes their football kits tick, what they enjoy about it, if they've actually kept some from their childhood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's something that I've had really a lot of fun kind of doing over the last couple of weeks. And that's something that I'm quite passionate about going forward. But yeah, we'll get you lot booked in as, if you're interested and it'll be quite fun to have you on again this summer. But first things first, uh, the EA Sports released the team of the season a couple of weeks ago whilst it was during Ramadan and uh, we couldn't really be bothered to record or anything live at the time. But the official team of the season is coming up very soon from the PFA as well. But I thought it's a good time to kind of get a lot more of a variety on, on this debate because on our podcast, we've got four Man United fans, we've got a Villa fan and we've got a Chelsea fan. So today we've got a Newcastle fan, a Chelsea fan and an Arsenal fan. So... Let me start with Lewis. Lewis, what is your team of the season for 2020-2021 for the Premier League? Let's hear your thoughts first. So if we're going to go, we've got to start in net. I'm torn because at the first half of the season, I was picking Emmy Martinez all the way because I, Aston Villa got off to one of the, the best starts in the Premier League for them. I mean, they did have a lot of games because of COVID where they were postponed. So then when they did come back and play and they did drop off slightly and they've, they've dropped off massively in the second half of the season. But a big shout for me is Emi Martinez in net. I think he's been overlooked the second half of the season, but he has kept Aston Villa in a lot of their games. And the main one, he is my FPL goalkeeper. So like he's always going to be the number one for me. Um, if we're talking to centre-backs, 100%. There's a bit of a controversial one because he ain't really got a look in. Harry Maguire has actually been very decent for Man United. And you look at, uh, he's first ranked for clearances in that team, uh, tackles one in that team. And, you know, there are times where he's a bit shaky. We're having Lindelof on, on like the left of him or on the right of him, sorry. But big fan of him. Wesley Fofana as well come in and emerging in that, in that side at such a young age. Fantastic young prospect. I think genuinely he'd go on for years in the Premier League at the top level. But the best centre-back this year has to be Ruben Diaz. Purely the fact that Man City signed him from, was it Benfica, for not the biggest amount of money compared to what we've seen at other defenders. And he has completely transformed that team. Not only has he transformed that team, he's made John Stones look fantastic. And John Stones has the raw ability to play football and defend well, but he makes a lot of silly mistakes. And I, he kind of runs around like a headless chicken sometimes, especially in the England team. With Diaz next to him, 
unplayable them two. They've been phenomenal. So who are you going to go for in terms of your fullback? So I'm guessing you're going to go for Fafana and Diaz at centre-back. Is that right? So, for, so I'd play like a back three. Oh, you're going for those three? Okay, I see that, how we're that, going. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maguire, I think Maguire slots in there in the middle of them two. He's um, best or, in the back three as well, Harry Maguire, like we saw for England yeah. as well. He did a bit like that for Hull, if I remember correctly, as well, in the back three. 100%. Uh, left back, I've got to go Luke Shaw. Uh, mm. I think he's been outstanding this year. Uh, other notable mentions, uh, yeah, like Ben Chilwell's done great signing for Chelsea, got himself on the score sheet a few times. But I think he hasn't had a look in as much because Alonso's kind of on the edge as well. He kind of rotates them a bit. Um, and then... Ryan will like me for this. Reese James probably at right back, right wing back kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold is massively up there for me with how he's been in the past six weeks. But as a whole season, I think Liverpool have dropped off massively. Their resurgence right now purely, I do believe, is down to him and the delivery he does and you know how good he is running forward. But their defensive woes, losing Van Dijk, losing Gomez and... What's it? Obviously, Trent not having the best of seasons at the start and missing out on the England squad. I think he misses out on my team in the season, personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm rather be happy. But I think I'll go Reese James. I really like him. No, yeah, he's been quality. And I think especially under Tuchel as well. You mentioned about Ben Chilwell being rotated with uh, Marcus Delonze as well. But I think Ryan will probably agree with me in terms of when Tuchel came in with that back five as well and the wing backs, that's when you got a bit more of Alonso coming into the team. And Lampard was very much a Chilwell favourite as well, if I remember correctly yeah. as well. He, he, he loved the English boys, didn't he? He's obviously got mm. Mason Mount in there, um, who will be in my team. Mm. Um, he didn't love Tamori that much he, he sent Tamori to the bench and to the reserves and then um, away to AC Milan as well which is only benefited, only benefited Tamori there but um, but no, that was your defence who have you got in your midfield are we going for a two man or a three man midfield uh, see that this is so difficult because I want so many players in my team because I've already got my top three established I know they are in my mind mm. um, I'm going to have to go with Gundogan at centre mid yeah, because he's been yeah. Anyone that doesn't choose him, I don't know how he hasn't got in your team because well, he's their top goal scorer for Man City. They found a way of scoring goals without having a recognised number nine this whole season. Uh, obviously, Gabriel Jesus is not a number nine in my opinion. Uh, Sergio Aguero has been in and out of injury, so to have him as a goal threat has been fantastic. I am snubbing De Bruyne, unfortunately. I th- he just misses out because he did miss quite a few games for injury. Um, but yeah, Mason Mount in there in the middle with him, uh, with Gundogan, because he just consistently popped up for Chelsea when they've needed him in the big games, the FA Cup games, Champions League games and the Premier League. He's been there. Uh, Stark. Yeah. yeah, I can't I can't deny his talent. So you're going for a two man midfield, Gundogan. Two man midfield. Mount. And then up the top, I'm going to have to go with, see, again, kind of with the Aston Villa front. Jack Grealish for me. He's been injured the past two months, but he was absolutely phenomenal for the first six months of this season. Like again, he's one of the most. He's the hot. He's got the most attacking returns in uh, in English centre mids, almost or like midfielders, because of the left mid left wing role. Him and I think it was Jack Harrison are equal at the moment with eighteen. Um, I think Greenish got ten goals and eight assists. I I believe, or the other way around. Um, but yeah, obviously we haven't seen so much of him recently. So I think he's kind of gone out of people's minds. Um, I'd play him on the left and then play Phil Foden on the right, which is, again, controversially don't really play there, but I want him on my team, so I'll put him anywhere I need him to be. Because, mm. again, Phil Foden, man. Like, Phil from Stockport is going to win us the Euros. Don't I say truly, that. No, I truly believe it. Everyone's saying that, but it's just overhyping again. No. No, nah, Stockport Iniesta, he's going he's gonna to win us the Euros. I'm wearing the Iniesta <laughs> shirt right now. I don't think yeah. that. We're bigging up Phil Foden on the pod. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, yeah, we've got a big up. If, if they're not in any of your teams, then fair play. I'll, I'll stand your egg on my face, but he's been phenomenal. And then is there anyone better than Harry Kane at, at, at striker? I don't think we can look past Harry Kane being the best striker in Europe at the moment, if not the world. And obviously, it's come out that he could potentially be... Well, he's leaving Tottenham maybe at the end of the season. That came out about, like, what, 25 minutes ago? So, yeah. yeah. Chelsea, Man United, Man City. Who's going to get him? I think Man United or Man City will be one of the teams that do get him. But Tottenham are going to miss him. He's one of the best strikers I've ever seen since Alan Shearer, the boy. The boy. 
<laughs> he, that's how he says nah man I reckon it's going to be Man City all the way I think he's going to link up with his mate Carl Walker and Carl Walker's bend is here and just gone like you know what you've got to come to Man City Pep Guardiola's got us purring Aguero's leaving there's a vacant spot at number 9 he, for me you can't do an Alexis Sanchez and go to Man United he'd be amazing and we'd love him at Man United for for forever it would be like a Robin Van Persie situation we signed him from a London rival he's a striker 27-28 and he could actually do the business for us but if we sign him, if the Glazers give the money uh, to him, to Sancho, to Varane, to Rice, who we're all linked with, I'm not sure what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to prioritise personally, but especially with the Cavani signing that we just did for yeah. another year as well. So we just got to see how that goes. But um, I quite like that team. It was a nice little 5-2-3. Big Kez, Ryan, let's hear your initial thoughts on that team. How did you find that, Big Kez, as a 5-2-3? Good team, good team. Um, few players left out. Um that I'd question lights of Salah, phenomenal goal scoring season. Mm. Not even a mention there, mate. It's a <laughs> bit when harsh. You, when, when you're talking about Stockport and yes, mate, Salah don't get a mention. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but overall, it's a good team there. To be fair, I mean, you can't argue with um, a lot of them shouts there. Good, good, solid team. Mm. What do you What do you make of being the best striker in Europe, being an Arsenal fan? Or your reaction to that, Kaz? Um, Well, come Euros. I'll have the Kane shirt on, so yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll change this for an England one any day. Get that new blue one that looks actually really nice to go for. Yeah, uh, you can't argue it really. I think um, he's phenomenal. Yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, I, I think for me, him under Jose Mourinho was probably the best Harry Kane I've ever seen personally. I know everyone wants to criticise Jose Mourinho, but uh, a few of us here on our, our Friday Night Council that we do like Jose Mourinho and what he's done in the past. And he's a fun manager to watch his box office. And I believe he would, could have brought Kane and Son a trophy being sacked a week before the League Cup final. I think that was one of the biggest mistakes Daniel Levy's ever done. Um, again, these are little things that we didn't get to mention because we're fasting. So I'm catching up on the last four weeks. So excuse yeah, me no. for being through that. Um, but Ryan, what's your initial thoughts on um, Lewis's uh, team? How, how did you find that personally? Yeah, of course. I think for a lot of us, we're going to have the same sort of mixed bag of players in there. But I think that's the best thing about Team of the Seasons is everyone's is always, I think, going to be different. There's always going to be one or two players that do get in, into certain squads and ones that do miss out. Um, I think this season, though, there has been so many players that have had a fantastic season. Like, you could easily, some in, in part, forget about Foden because, you know, he's not played the most amount of games, but in the Champions League, which obviously is a different competition, he's been brilliant. And when he has featured in the Premier League, off the bench or starting, he, he has shone as well. But, yeah, it's um it's definitely not uh, as an easy of a season to uh, to pick a full out-and-out starting eleven. Obviously, Lewis gone for the 5-2-3 the formation there as well. But, yeah, some really good mentionable um, mentions there. Obviously, Fafana for me is a standout. I think he's been incredible considering like no one had really ever heard of him. He's coming his first season, like full out and out season in the Premier League, and yeah, he's um he's absolutely smashed it. And then a lot of, a lot of the England boys as well getting into these sort of mentions. Obviously, Reese James, Luke Shaw, like you said, there, Phil Foden, Mason Mount, and there's a lot more as well that can that can easily feature, which is um I think definitely optimistic for us just heading into the Euros. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that even some of them won't even get into the squad, the 26-man squad, which is how good of a, a country we've been in terms of developing talent this time around, which has been promising to see compared to, let's say, the 2014 World Cup when the 23 kind of picked themselves and you're like, only 15, 14 are good enough to start against Italy and Uruguay. And it kind of just worked if, worked if trying to get all of them into the same situation. But with the likes of Foden, Grealish, Mount, um, Sterling, Sancho, etc., Rashford, you can rotate and you're not reliant on the man because there is no the man besides probably Stockport Iniesta right there, Lou. But that's kind of how I see it. I, I see you can probably rotate against the Czech Republic and Scotland especially as well. Um, mm. But no, thanks for that, Lou. I appreciate that. I quite like the team personally. Five, two, three. For me, for my team, it was trying to fit five midfielders in and you've gone for two. So this is going to be quite funny to see how ours come out um, very different in the end. But I've gone for something a lot different. But um, Big Kez, let's start with you now. Let's go for your team. I want to see what our uh, guest Arsenal fan has got. Have, have you got Bikayo Saka in there by any chance? Uh, I'm still not 100% on Saka yet, but we'll get to that. We'll get to um, that. <laughs> there's a bit of overlap actually with Lewis's team. So I've gone for Martinez in goal. Yeah. I think what he's done at Villa is phenomenal. He's gone there and uh, equaled Brad Friedel's record for clean sheets. Um, he said something interesting when he left Arsenal, which I thought was taking a mick at the time, but he's proven correct. Mm. He was saying that leaving Arsenal and going to Villa, most would see it as a step down, but he sees it as a step up. 
Yeah. And uh, let's just say that's aged well for him because uh, he's definitely stepped up since he's left. So I've got Martinez in goal. Um, again, with the centre-backs, for me, it's Diaz standout. And I have gone with Fafana as well as my centre-halves. Uh, right back, I want to throw a name into the hat that probably won't get mentioned often. Vladimir Kufal. I think the impact he's had at West Ham, I mean, you look at how well West Ham are doing this season. Consistent performer. You know, he doesn't do anything too spectacular, but you know what you're going to get from him uh, week in, week out. So for me, he has to be in there. Um, and Luke Shaw, I've gone left back. Yeah. Luke Shaw. Um, in the midfield, I've gone for three-man midfield. Uh, so I've gone Declan Rice in the pivot. Okay. My holding midfielder. Mm. Um, I've got Mount and Foden in there, um, sort of in a more advanced midfield positions. Yeah. Um, so that's my midfield. And then going up top, we've got Kane. Um, yeah, and then this is where... <laughs> so I'm probably going to throw Saka in there. Okay. On Supporting one side. And he's on the right-hand side, I guess. He's a utility player, to be fair. Yeah, he is. I mean, he definitely got, he's got to be in the squad. But for saying first eleven, it's a funny one because I've just mentioned Salah and the season he's having. Um, top goal so scorer. mentioned for him. Yeah, top goal scorer. Um, but I like Jack Grealish. I do ball carrier for me he has to be in there so I'd probably go uh, Jack Grealish on the left and Saka on the right with Kane through the middle yeah no that's fair enough I quite like that team and um, if Salem was if Salem was on at this time he'd love all of you for choosing Emmy Martinez and like, Grealish being our Villa fan and, uh, no it, it was a nice team my my first initial thoughts were um, I quite like the fact they put in Kufal. Kufal, to spoiler, to spoiler, is in my team as well. I think it's been fantastic. And I think when you look at Ryan Fredericks and Zabaleta and Mikel Antonio, who you've had over the years, not you, but how, how West Ham have had over the years, they finally solidified that right-back spot. And that was something where if you looked at West Ham and especially Aston Villa last season, both fighting for relegation, both struggling. Emmy Martinez has come in and replaced Heaton and Jed Steer. I think they had those keepers as well. And it was someone that you can literally rely and depend upon. And that's probably what he meant by in terms of a step up. He's going to be the number one at Aston Villa, and he has been, and has done amazingly well. And for me personally, was, I can get why you got uh, Fofana and Diaz in there. But even for Aston Villa's defence, it, it, was, it was a difficult one for me to kind of leave out against Boylet, but to leave out Konza. I think Konza's yeah. been an amazing centre-back this season. I think he's kind of pushing for that Euro squad as well, in my opinion. But personally, I quite like your team. I quite like the fact you've got Mount and Foden, and I quite... You both left Bruno Fernandes out. I don't know how you've done that, both yeah, of you. I'm waiting for Bruno. Both of you left Bruno Fernandes out oh, for Mason wow. Mount. For Mason oh, Mount. I've completely forgot about I forgot him. What's going Bruno, on? To be fair. Nah, man. I, I, I was literally just waiting. I was like, he's probably up top somewhere. He's probably just like that on the left. Like, no, that was crazy. He's doing um, a line, isn't he? I'll be right back in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, do you know what? That is... I cannot believe I've left him out because, yeah, he has been phenomenal. Like, yeah. they do say what, Penandez, not true at all. He can do it all. He is genuinely phenomenal, that guy. Quiet He's in the big games? Your team. Tag him. Quiet in the big games? What, you mean the one against? Uh... <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, to be fair, like, there are times where he goes, he's a bit. See, he's a streaky player because he will play 10 games and have fantastic games. Then he'll go quiet for about three or four. And then he'll go on another 10-game streak and it'll be fantastic again. Mm. So, like, I only know that purely. I don't watch Man United week in, week out like you do, obviously. But I know it from FPL. That's all I've got. <laughs> That's all my stats are based on. <laughs> Literally just FPL all the time. But um, how I've left him out, I don't know. I feel like such an idiot. I knew, I'd, I knew I'd have egg on my face at some point in this episode. No, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for um, Kez to say his, and if he's done it as well, then, that, then that's something that I need to, I need to bait <laughs> you out run. on. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, Ryan, let's hear your thoughts on Big Kez's team. And uh, Kez, if you're okay to just type that in the chat for us, that'd be appreciated. Yeah, Thanks. sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, a few similarities between the two teams. And then I like the uh, the shout-out for Kufal because he, he also features in mine as well. I think him at right-back for West Ham and just West Ham overall this season. Obviously, they've dropped off a little bit towards the end, but you know, Suchek as well. He could be easily getting a mention as well. But yeah, no, I like I like Mountain Foden featuring. Um, obviously, their their seasons have been phenomenal, fantastic. Obviously, both going to feature in the Champions League final against each other. Then obviously, you can't overlook the likes of Harry Kane up front. Saka, I thought was a bit of a of an interesting one. Obviously, I'm sure there's no bias towards that out and out thought provoked. <laughs> 
but um yeah of course i think the, this is what these things are for obviously is seeing like people what people's opinions and i think like you said Grealish as well Grealish is a phenomenal player it's a shame he's been out for such a long period and i hope it doesn't hinder his um his chances of going to the euros and it shouldn't but you know this is uh, we have gareth southgate as a manager so who knows and i just wanted to know before we get to Lucy's reaction um, how you chose Declan Rice as your holding midfielder after the likes of Kante, Rodri and Didi, even Suchek at West Ham have done really well this season. I just kind of wanted to know your kind of thought process with choosing Declan Rice in that midfield. I just think the impact and influence he's had for someone so young and the maturity he plays with, he's impressed me every time he's been on the pitch. Um, again, Rodri, yeah, great quality, um, but I've gone for the young gun, um, putting in consistent performances and having a real impact on West Ham season. And I look at what West Ham have done this season and they've gone, they've far exceeded expectations. So anyone from that team deserves a mention because Rodri slipped in and he's done what he's supposed to do at Man City. They've won the league. You know, guys have done what they're supposed to do. Declan Rice and West Ham have sort of overachieved. So I thought he deserved a shout out for that. No, that's I fair agree enough. with that. I agree with that. I think sometimes when you're, it's kind of like a big fish in a small pond, isn't it? With Declan Rice. There's not many big names in the obviously with the like suggest Lingard now playing at West Ham for the second half of the season. It's not many really big names. You've got a big name like Rodri, but he's getting overshadowed by Gundawan, Foden, De Bruyne. Whereas Rice will stand out in a team like that because there are not many like world-class players surrounding him. So when he does something really good, it shows. And I think he's been key to their success because a lot of the success with West Ham this season is how quick they counter-attack. They get the ball in defence and then they quickly counter-attack and it's the transitional play from defence to attack. And Rice has been the mainstay of that. He intercepts the ball straight off, forward thinking, forward ball. And if you look at how West Ham's form has actually declined when Declan Rice was injured as well, they were in that top four. They were closing on the third position as well against Leicester and everyone was gunning for them. Even myself, I was, I was kind of hoping for that underdog story to happen for um, West Ham to actually get into that Champions League but it looks very unlikely now with the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea kind of solidifying their top four and five at the moment so uh, no I, I understand that uh, selection completely because but thank you very much for your team Ryan it's your go let's hear it my go right so start off I'm going to go with a 4-3-3 formation um, in goal yeah I have to agree I think Emmy Martinez has been fantastic for Aston Villa he it's, it was always, it was a toss-up between him and Mendy because I do think Mendy's come in. Obviously, he didn't play every single game because at the start it was Kepa that featured them, and then he slowly sort of edged his way into the team and became like an out-and-out starting starting keeper for us. But no, Emi Martinez. I think the start Aston Villa had obviously they were still up there towards the the real the real top half of um of the table with um you know keeping clean sheets, getting results, and um just. Him as a presence for Villa has been huge. Obviously, we've seen how close Villa were. Villa, well, they technically should have been relegated last season. Obviously, they were saved by um, VAR against Sheffield United at home in that game. Um, but now Villa have been, you know, a real solid team this season. They've never looked like getting anywhere near the relegation zone. I think he has been a big part of that. And he just seems to just save everything or at least catch everything. If a ball comes into the box, he's there. You know, he's big presence. Um, so, for me, Martinez starts in goal. Um, right back, yeah, like we said, Kufal, I think he's been excellent for West Ham in, in terms of getting forward as well because he's not he's not built to be an out-and-out like forward attacker like someone like Trent or or like Reese James. He's um, he's more of a defensive side of player, but every time he does get forward, he seems to really pop up and provide and he can cross a ball perfectly. Um, he's really been like racking up assists this season, so he slots in for me. Um, two centre-backs at the back, I think you can't overlook Stones and Diaz. Like Diaz has absolutely revolutionised that defence. But as Lewis said, Stones has really built off of that. Um, both scoring goals as well. Clean sheets, it, at one point it seemed like for fun, I think they got like nine clean sheets in a row. And um, they made it look effortless as well. So those two really slot in for me, which is good to see Stones. I think he's now, you know, um, a clear and obvious choice for Southgate to make on the Euros. And then at left back as well, another English player, I'm going to go with Luke Shaw. Um it was always going to be a toss-up, I think, at the start of the season for who's going to really slot in at left-back. Could it be Chilwell? Um, I do think Chilwell has had a decent season. Like we said, he's not featured enough. But Luke Shaw, for me, this season, just coming to his own, getting forward on the ball, his defensive awareness as well. And I think, yeah, the attacking returns, which I think in the modern game for a full-back are just uh, are essential to be able to you know, defend and attack. And I think he's done that perfectly. Um, I've also been having to watch quite a lot of Man United this season. 
and he yeah he for me it's just been fantastic so he's he's the clear left back um the three in midfield this is where it got a little bit hard because obviously a lot of big names are going to be left out but like you said you can't look no further than well some people did but you can't look no further <laughs> than Bruno Fernandes <laughs> for me um excellent season I think it's 28 goals in all competitions and like 18 or 19 in the prem Mr Reliable from the spot um yeah, racks up goals, assists, creates chances, and I think he's become a real leader in that centre in that centre of the United team. And then either side of him, I'm going to say Gundogan um, as well, because like we said, Man City not came and rely upon him, but he just came, he just made it his own, and he was the real, like we said, the top goal scorer for them. And it just it just got to a point where midway through the season, everything he just touched turned into gold for Man City, and he was an absolute phenomenal player. And then I'm also going to put in Declan Rice because, again, I've watched a lot of West Ham this season as well. And they've been really entertaining to watch. But Declan Rice, for me, was absolutely solid. It's hard to pick him just over Mason Mount. But for me, I think um, I'm trying to be as non-biased as possible. And I would put Declan Rice in that team. And then to the front three, um, I think, yeah, Salah has to be in there. Obviously, Liverpool, real sort of rocky season for them. But he's still joint top goal scorer right to the bitter end. And, you know, he, he is a fantastic player. Watch, I remember one game that stands out is when he came off the bench against Crystal Palace and scored like two and set up one in, I think, like 25 minutes. And yeah, he's just been consistent for Liverpool throughout. Um, and I think especially with Firmino and Mane being as quiet as they have been this season, he's he's still he still kept up that goal record and really, and really helped Liverpool throughout. So definitely him in there. And then I'm going to say Harry Kane, obviously down the middle up top for them. Um, yeah, phenomenal striker, top goal scorer and top assister as well, which I think is almost unheard of in a Premier League season. And I do think knowing Harry Kane, he will continue to try and score as many goals as he can in his last two games because he's always one that wants to win the Golden Boot. Um, for me, he's always up there with with a clear shout. And then uh, final player in there, I'm going to say, is uh, Hyunmin Son. I think him and Kane this season in a Tottenham team that to me has been pretty dire uh, in terms of the results that they've racked up has not been good enough, but him, him and Kane just seem to like bounce off each other. And they, I remember at the start of the season, they would, one would score and then one would set up. And obviously the, the, there was like a, a sky bet thing where Kane to score and set up Son and Son, Son to score and, and they've set up Harry Kane. But those two together for me, I think have been absolutely lethal. And um, yeah, I think those two definitely uh, deserve the spot in the team. And literally just having Harry Kane as your captain for fantasy football the whole season has probably just got you to the top of the table. Uh, just ridiculous. And like you said, goals and assists is like Ronaldo, mm -hmm. Suarez, Henri type yeah. type uh, competition that he's been doing. But it's just been let down by the rest of the team, which is really, mm -hmm. well, really unfortunate. But fortunate for us, as we, none of us support Tottenham, so it's all well and good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all good. But no, I quite like that team. If you're okay to just pop that in the chat for us, Ryan, that was great. Yeah, but, sure. Um, because let's let's hear your first initial thoughts on that team. Good team, interesting. I just think with um, the Son, I think um, him and Kane started the season phenomenal, but I think Son's dropped off in recent weeks. I don't think he's been as prolific as he was at the start of the season. Um, I guess if yeah, for his form first half, I'd give it to him. But I, yeah, I do think he, he he sort of phased out a little bit. Um, it was yeah, between no. Son and Rashford, I think. The uh, between those two, because I do think Rashford's been overlooked. I think he's had a fantastic season, and he's one of them sort of quiet contenders for me. But yeah, I, I think Son just pipped it for me. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. I like Rashford as well. Actually. I didn't even remember Rashford. I sort of forget, <laughs> forgot all the United. There's so players. many bloody players. How are we? <laughs> there is exactly this? that's the thing. There's so many that are going to be missed out. Obviously. I, I left out Kante, De Bruyne, Mason Mount, like. Susan. Do you know? Do you know who we've all left out as well? We've all left out Cancelo as well. As yeah, right back or left yeah. back, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, they <laughs> rotate way too much for him to yeah, get chosen. I think like it's you can never know whether it's going to be him, uh, Zinchenko, Mendy, or Walker because they will all play there. So, yeah, even against Chelsea, I think he's playing in some like odd formation with like uh, Mem D as like left centre mid and Cancelo or something, something odd like that as well. But <laughs> it's not who we pick, it's who we leave out that we're going to get criticised for as yeah, well, which is 100%. the annoying thing. And no, I just had confirmation that uh, they won't be able to join us today, however, co panelists So I'm just going to finish off with my team. But Lewis, let's just hear your thoughts on Ryan's team as well. What did you think of that? I'm in the same boat as Kez about the Son thing because like he's done so well at the first half of the season. 
But if we are going for halves of the season, then Jesse Lingard and Joe Willock should be in there because they've been phenomenal. But <laughs> that's that's my only chance to get a Newcastle player in. All right, let me have it. It's the only chance. <laughs> but yeah, realistically, yes. Yeah, Son, don't get me wrong, brilliant player, and I'm pretty sure this is his best attacking returns in the Premier League in the seven years he's been here. So and a big game wrong. player as well. So it's not, but he was a big game player against Man City, against Man United, against. Yes. Um, Arsenal, I think it was as well, at the White Hart Lane game as well, which is crazy. So he definitely does. He turns up with the goods and he's pacey, he's phenomenal. His finishing's got a lot better the past two years. So I, I completely understand why he's been in there, but the reason why he's not in mine is purely for the reason that he just hasn't been consistent enough this season to warrant being in my team. But I completely yeah. understand why he would be in someone's team. No, that, he's, not, was... he's no Joe Willocks, it's all right. He's no Joe Willock. No Joe Willock. <laughs> that should be the title of our podcast. He's no Joe Willock. Yun Ming Song is no Joe, Joe Willock. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. But no, those teams have been brilliant. I've, I've quite enjoyed looking at and hearing your thoughts on this as well because we've all left out some big players and now it's my turn and I was kind of hoping uh, one of the other guys is going to be on by now, but they're not. So I just have to kind of rip the band-aid off from mine. And for me, it's... I've got 10 players who I know I'm picking. It's just that 11th player who I'm choosing to pick. So I'll start from the beginning. It's the full sweep for Emi Martinez. I think he's been the main man uh, in defence for Aston Villa. Again, like I mentioned before, they were relegation candidates last season. Their defence was atrocious last season. Emi Martinez, as Kez said before, was kind of a step up for him because he became the man, main man, the goalkeeper at Aston Villa. And him and Edison leading the way for, I think it's Golden Glove, I think they call it in the Premier League, yeah, or uh, Clean Sheets. Yeah. yeah, that was it. 15 clean sheets and it's ridiculous that he's done very well. And it's a major factor in kind of Aston Villa's defence at the moment. Right back, uh, we're going to go with Ryan and go for Kufal. I was thinking of Reese James. I was really thinking of uh, Cancelo, but it's just the fact Kufal, I've seen a lot more of West Ham this season. And again, um, improving their defence as well. Great crosser of the ball. Someone that no one expected at the beginning of the season to be a success, which is why he's in my team as well. The fact he's been consistently brilliant in their defence and no one's replacing him unless someone's going to come in for like a good 20, 30 million uh, purchase. Arsenal could do with someone like that, to be fair, Kez. I think he'd be pretty good in that in that right-back slot, uh, kind of over Bellerin or Cedric, personally. Um, but yeah, I'd go for Kufar at right-back again, six assists as well. And for me, I think he's going to grow in this league as well. And someone for us to look out for in the Euros as well, coming up for Czech Republic as yeah. well, which will be good. Centre-backs, I had five, but I'm going for the cliche one of Ruben Diaz, who I think has been probably the best signing of the season, bar none. The fact that um, he's kind of become that new Vincent company. He's a very young leader, still 23, so he's younger than me and is leading the Premier League side out. Um, he's made John Stones a lot better as a centre-back partner as well. And it's, John Stones, if you remember from last season, he's probably on his way out. He's probably probably following Otamendi on that way out because they wanted to buy someone new like Diaz and Laporte as their main and, and Ake came in as well. So his future wasn't that certain, but with Diaz kind of uplifting John Stones as well, I think that's been quality um, for uh, Diaz, but not against Anthony Marshall when we ruined him at, uh, at the Etihad. I think <laughs> I have to throw that in there when he just couldn't hack him. I mean, he's, ha he's handled Haaland, he's handled Mbappe, but you can't hack Anthony Marshall. So we'll, we'll see how that happens God, next season. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I had to throw a cringy line in there. Whilst, whilst yeah. the guys aren't on today, I have to throw a cringy Man United <laughs> yeah, line in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mentioned Joe Willock for like two minutes, so you crack on. <laughs> no, that's all well and good. Um, but no, Wesley Fofana for me over Conte, over Maguire personally. And for me, I think it's one of those things where Fofana playing over, what, 20 games for St. Etienne? And I think um, Saliba from St. Etienne as well, because uh, he actually came, they both came in the same <laughs> summer. And he's the one that's become an FA Cup winner. Is, is close to being in the Champions League. He played in the Europa League. And he kind of had to change Brendan Rodgers' thinking in terms of you can't just play with Soyuncu and Evans. You have to try and fit me in the team. So they play the 3 4 1 2. And they've done that over the uh, second half of the season. And it's benefited Kalechi and Nacho, especially um, the second half of the season. So another one, if you're playing second half of the season, Ian Nacho would be in there. But. Um, is, is not in my team for this one for team of the season and left back it's another clean sweep for Luke Shaw Creswell and Dinier do get a shout out I think they've been quality not just with their assists but I think they've been the standout left backs um, in the mid kind of table teams as well for them but Luke Shaw for me um, being a Man United fan seeing him last season from kind of January onwards he was actually really good and it was just the fact the pandemic hit and then we had to wait and then he got injured again which is unfortunate and then Brandon Williams came in where we lost our semi-final to Sevilla. We lost our semi-final to Chelsea in the FA Cup, Brian. And we kind of just withered out 
for the rest of the season. We didn't really do that well. We had to win on the final day against Leicester to become in the Champions League. So for me, Luke Shaw, he was literally getting there last season, but he's actually got there this season. He stayed particularly fresh. He's barely had any injuries and he's kind of grown into his own and has made that left-back position his own, not just in Man United, but for England, I would say, as well. He's been amazing with creating chances and everything. Um, so that was my defence. This is the trickiest one for me because I've got like eight players to put in three <laughs> positions. So I'm going to do it the best I possibly can. So I'm going for Thomas Suchek in the midfield for uh, West Ham because if you look at West Ham this season compared to last season, they haven't been overrunning midfield as much. And I think, again, I wanted to pick Declan Rice, but I think Suchek has been a revelation attacking-wise as well, being a proper aerial threat in goals, coming up clutch some games as well and really kind of taking the fight to other teams in midfield, which I think Declan Rice kind of needed. He needed that um, consistent partner because Mark Noble couldn't play every other game and then they just kept rotating centre mid. So Suchek's in my midfield. Unfortunately, I'm not going as attacking as the rest of you guys. So I'm going for Wilfred Ndidi. I think he's been a revelation in centre mid this season. He's been a lot more consistent. He's got, what, 208 recoveries in midfield and with Leicester with their transitional play, their counter-attack and play is vital for them. And I could have put Tillemans in for the whole FA Cup goal, but I'm like, Ndidi has been someone that I've been very impressed with this season. Sorry, Ryan. It, it wasn't a dig at you. It's just the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't a dig, honestly. Um, but no, it was someone that I've been very impressed with. 169 duels, 208 recoveries, and uh, 58 interceptions this season as well. But I've been very happy with Wolf and Didi. He scored against Chelsea as well. Again, sorry, Ryan. Again, it was a good goal. It was a good <laughs> oh, goal. Oh, I did take it a bar in here, lad. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not at you, Ryan. I've got on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, it's not at you. It's that, it's that Saf, who's a Chelsea fan. He'll be hearing this when, on, on Saturday or Sunday when it comes out. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was my Wilfred and Didi and Suchek. Has the two pivots in the midfield. I should have gone for Gundogan, but I think Gundogan has been well represented by the, the other guys on here. So I think I'll leave him out just for a bit of variety. And Bruno Fernandes in that number 10 because uh, he's been someone that Man United have craved for since Wayne Rooney kind of left us. I think for me, he's been someone that Mkhitaryan, Mata, Lingard couldn't replace or couldn't replicate in their um, number 10 form or in someone that could get the ball into strikers' feet and just quick play. And Bruno Fernandes has been fantastic for me to watch. And I was lucky enough to be at the Man United versus Man City game the last Old Trafford game when fans were allowed to go in and he was amazing against that Manchester City team. A team of Gundogan, Rodri, Phil Foden, um, Sterling in that midfield as well. It's someone that I was quite happy to kind of see take the fight to them and we haven't had that for a good number of years in our midfield and with what, 18 goals, 11 assists. We've mentioned the whole Penandes thing but even on games where he doesn't score, he'll motivate the players. He'll still do the pressing from the front and I think that's been something that has inspired the rest of the team around, especially for me, Luke Shaw. I think it's inspired Luke Shaw dramatically um, going forward as well since he's arrived in January 2020. And now we're on to the attack. So we've got two basic ones for me, Mohamed Salah. I think Mohamed Salah's had a very good season, again, in front of goal, not so much in assists. I think he's got one or two assists, but 22 goals. Not 22 goals. 22 goals, It was, wasn't it? I think his top scorer of Kane at 22. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. For me, he's had an Obama Yang like season where the team haven't been doing really well. Again, sorry, because, but the fact that Obama Yang scored lots of goals last season, but he kept you kind of in the top six in the European hunt as well. Mo Salah's done that for them. He's done that in terms of winning you points, uh, winning Liverpool points. Sorry, he's been doing that in terms of when Diogo Jota got injured at the beginning of the season, when he was the one kind of scoring the goals for them. Mo Salah's just kept going, has kept trundling on. And again, like uh, Ryan mentioned before, Firmino and Mane haven't been performing. The rest of the team haven't been performing, not just due to their defensive issues, but the fact that attacking players have been faltering as well. And as a Man United fan, it's annoying to kind of see Mohamed Salah score at Old Trafford as well, which he did last week. So um, that that was annoying to lose 4-2 as well. Um, striker, again, clean sweep, Harry Kane. You're not going to put Calvert-Lewin or Ings or Vardy in or whoever, because Harry Kane has been the player of the season by a mile for me in terms of um, attacking in terms of his dropping off again and kind of seeing a bit more to his game that I, I think would be beneficial for England in the summer. I think we've discussed it on our podcast, but we'll have a little discussion about Harry Kane before we close off our, our podcast. The fact that he's added a new element, the fact that he's been working well with Son, even well with like players like Hjolberg uh, and Undombele in the midfield, like they'll allow him to kind of drop in deep because they know Son's going to be one side, Bale's going to be one side, Lamella's going to be one side, whatever, whoever they're playing. But is someone that I believe should be, really be captain of Tottenham, not Hugo Lloris, because he has a lot more of a vocal voice on the pitch for me personally. 
Um, and here we are, number 11. So this is where I've been struggling with. I've got Mason Mount, I've got Rashford, I've got De Bruyne, and I've got, yeah, those three as, as, my, as my, and Jack, uh, Jack Grealish as well. But I'm going to go for Marcus Rashford. I'm going to, uh, just because of the season he's had really, not just as, um, it's going to be a cliche, but not this, the player on the pitch, but the man off the pitch as well. He's been injured for the last two years. He's been playing with painkillers and injections and he's been starting most of the games as well, playing the full 90 minutes. And we've kind of noticed it this season in the widespread media, the fact that he's been doing so much off the pitch and he's been a revelation really in terms of a young man kind of taking a fight to the government, trying to help people in um, in the community, not just around him, but the, the, the national community. And it's inspiring people around the world to kind of do that for their own countries in France, in Italy and um, places in Africa and uh, North America as well. It's something that has been quite inspiring for me. I feel, I feel like for me as a Man United fan, I'd be disappointed not to have him in my team, not just because of his off-the-field uh, off the field um, work that he's been doing, but on the field as well. He's come up clutching a lot of games, a Brighton game away, Wolverhampton at home. He's been doing really well in other competitions. Uh, the Leipzig F, um, Champions League game, the FA Cup, when he did really well against Liverpool. But for me, as a Man United fan, having Rashford and Bruno Fernandes as our main focal points in attack, obviously Greenwood and Cavani have done really well recently, but Rashford has kind of held our attack a lot this season with Bruno Fernandes. And I think for me, I'm happy to keep Rashford, Kane and Salah as my top three, as much as I want Grealish in there somehow or um, trying to fit in Dominic Calvert-Lewin in some way because it's a really good season as well, but you can't justify leaving out Harry Kane. But yeah, that was my team. I'll type that in the chat. And Ryan, why don't you go first in terms of how my team was um, for the team of the season? Yeah, no, definitely. I think very well thought out. I kind of like the aspect of the defensive side of things. Obviously, Ndidi slotting in. I think Ndidi's had a fantastic season. And like the honourable mention of Tielemans and for Leicester. I think it's Leicester overall as a team. Like They've always been up there, but people not necessarily have um, sort of put their finger on it, thinking, no, oh, they'll, they'll drop off at some point. But like you say, off the back of an FA Cup win, well in the run for a top four, I think those... And Didi, especially in that team, has been fantastic. Like you said, Emi Martinez, he's been in everyone's team. Um, and then Rashford as well. Rashford, for me, like I said, was the one between him and Son for the final contender. But he's been having a nice, quiet season and still racking up the goals and assists. And like you said, that I always remember that that goal that you mentioned at home to Wolves. It was like the 95th minute or something crazy. And he came in clutch and, and, uh, and won the game for you guys then. I think just Rashford overall, he he can, he can go on some really dry spells and go sort of missing for a while, but then he can when he when he turns it on, he's a he's a phenomenal player. But overall, I think that's a that's a really good balanced team on paper. Yeah, on 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 paper, it's probably the most balanced team. But I know for a fact, I'd rather have loads of attacking players like De Bruyne, Gundogan. Yeah, yeah. Probably try and throw someone like like say Maxima, maybe Lewis. No, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> um, Nah, I've been a big fan of Bukayo Saka as well this season, Lewis. Um, but it's just the fact that with Bukayo Saka, I want to kind of see him in the England team as well. But um, with Joe Willock as well, do you reckon he could get an England squad position in there, Lewis? Do you reckon that could happen? No, I don't, I don't think you'll get in anytime soon. Our, our midfield and attacking prowess we have is just unbelievable because we're at the moment talking about Premier League. But you look at the players that are playing abroad in Jude Bellingham in centre mid and Jaden Sancho, like, all these players that are still absolutely phenomenal and especially the emergence of Jude Bellingham this year, he's been incredible at Dortmund and we've seen him, uh, obviously for anyone that doesn't actually watch Bundesliga football, if you don't watch that, you obviously watch Champions League and the way he played against Man City and, uh, and all the other teams that he's played against, he has been a breakout star for them. And we obviously see him play in the San Marino game recently uh, for England and he done really well there, really promising going forward. So I think, People like Joe, Joe Willock and Saka will just miss out. But if they keep going and keep doing what they're doing, there's every chance they will get in there. And you've got players also like that are on the fringe, like Bamford. No one mentioned him, but he has had a great season for Leeds this year. And Leeds overall, they play that football where you don't know if they're going to win or lose, but you just enjoy it to watch. Um, and then obviously, again, Jack Harrison and all these players that they're just on Rafinha the fringe. as well. We've done yeah. really well in the team. <laughs> Like Leeds, we've not mentioned one Leeds player, but you could easily put someone like Bamford or Calvin Phillips in that team, or even Melier as a keeper has been really well. Yeah. Keeper's been good, yeah. I really like Calvin Phillips. I really, really like Calvin Phillips. I think he's should definitely be in the England squad because if any of you watched the games for, uh, from the weekend when they played Burnley and won 4-0, 
Mm. He it's just his passing ability is phenomenal from a CDM role. He'll pick the ball up anywhere on the pitch, and like he sprung a forty-yard pass to Rafinha on the left, who then squared it into Harrison. Harrison scored. Like it was one like simple passes. I would say simple passes, long balls, but you know it's not just a hit and hope. It, they're precise passes. So I'm a big fan of Calvin Phillips. No, you can see why Southgate puts him in the in the starting eleven, let alone in the squad as well, which will be good to see in the Euros coming up as well. Um, but yeah, sorry, Luz, uh, what did you kind of think of my team? What, which I just put up. Uh, I, I think it was really, really good, and I agree with the Rashford uh, part of it as well. In terms of like, I left him out, but he's been integral for the reason why you are second in the league. Him, Bruno Fernandez, and you know Luke Shaw, like we said, that left side in the mid, they've been brilliant and. Rashford's been a great part of that start of the season. He was phenomenal. Injuries, like you said, playing with, uh, I think he bruised his shoulder as well, hurt his shoulder quite a bit. I remember in the FA Cup game, one of the Liverpool players tugged on it and he like went down. He looked like he was in pain. So yeah. he has been playing a bit of like niggles and stuff like that, but he's still been great. And like you said, off the pitch, he's been a revelation um, with what he's been doing with obviously helping the, the young children in poverty, stuff like that. So, I think he's a great shout. And I like, I like that you've gone defensive. I'll back Ryan up with what you said, going defensive. Because especially being in England, we play so defensively, especially the England national team. Yeah. So to see uh, Suchek and Ndidi in there, and like you said with Leicester, uh, the thing I love about Leicester is their recruitment. Like They lose Kante and they sign Ndidi, and he's been great for the past couple of years. They uh, lose Maguire and they sign Fafana and Johnny Evans and Soyuncu just ready in the ranks. Like, I love Leicester's recruitment. It's the kind of stuff I want to see at Newcastle, but it's not going to happen anytime soon with Mike Ashley at the helm. But I rate the team. I rate the team. No, I think we've all done pretty well there. But let's let's hear a big Kez. I've gone for Suchet. You've gone for Declan Rice. Let me kind of hear your thoughts in terms of um, what you think of my team, big Kez. To be honest, yeah, and Calvin Phillips was thrown into the hat as well. I completely forgot about him. But I like your team. I'm just going to echo what the boys have said on Rashford. Um, massive respect to what he's done on the field, yes, but most definitely off the field as well, uh, for a man so young to have such an impact and be using his platform um, the way he has has been inspirational. Um, I like the fact, to be fair, you've gone with two in the pivot. Uh, if we're looking at it tactically on paper, my team probably get overrun in the midfield. You've gone a bit, you've shored it up in there with the uh, the two in there. I'm and, used to um, I'm used to having Fred and McTominay in my midfield, so I'm used to being overrun in midfield. So, so believe me, I'm used to having a, a, a double pivot in my midfield. I went 5-2-3. And DD as well. Yeah, his ball recoveries is um, a phenomenal, a fantastic player. Um, good passing ability as well. Um, yeah, he's really, very good in possession. Uh, no, really, really like the lineup actually. It's a really good team on paper. Nah, that's going to be good for our little social medias and we'll just pop that out as a little poll. Who, Which podcast has done the best team oh, of the season? Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's there's two from It's Football Day. So I've got um, a couple of our guys to text in their team of the season. So we've got two of them that have been sent in just before we move on to our final topic about Harry Kane. Um, so Vish has gone for Edison in goal, Cancelo, Maguire, Diaz and Shaw, Gundogan, Fernandez, Bru- uh, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Harry Kane, Mo Salah and Edison Cavani. So you can tell what kind of uh, Man United fans are hybrid. 11. Yeah, literally just the Manchester <laughs> hybrid right there, uh, which is which has been very good. It's literally everyone but Mo Salah as as a team of the season. So Vish, nicely done there. We'll we'll pop this on our social and see how many people like that one. And then we've got um, Raheel, who is unable to join us today. He's gone for Edison in goal again. They've gone for Edison, Cancelo, Diaz, Stones, and Luke Shaw. Gone for De Bruyne, Gundogan, Bruno Fernandez, Salah, Kane, and Foden this time. So he's gone for Phil Foden as well. Again, another Manchester hybrid right there as well. So I'm guessing he's, he's obviously a Man United fan, but I'm guessing they're happy with the the top two kind of having the best kind yeah. of players for the season as yeah. well. Um, it's understandable. They're there for a reason. I, I just I love an underdog. That's why same I go with me. For like, yeah, I go for the fringe players because I love a player that just does really well for their team that you wouldn't expect it. People like Jack Grealish and. Like you guys have gone with uh, Vladimir Kufal and Suchek and Rice. Like that's what I, I love about having those teams. Everyone's got different opinions, and personally, I, I root for an underdog. 
being I, a Newcastle fan. Yeah, We're so all underdogs. <laughs> I was literally trying to find a way to get Bissouma in that team from Brighton. I think he's been very good this season. I think um, that's a, shout. That's a very think, good shout. I think he's a top six player in the future, Bissouma. But you can't justify leaving out someone like Ndidi or Suchek, who have actually done very well to escalate their teams from where they were last season into this season as well. But that's kind of how I see it. It's just you got I got to have a variety. So I'm with you there as well, Lewis, which is very good. Um, but no, thank you guys very much for that. We'll finish off just with a little conversation about Harry Kane. And obviously, like Lewis said before, it's the fact that he's kind of, re not released, but it's been released recently in, in the papers and in Sky Sports, I think they reported it, in terms of how he's looking to leave. He's kind of desperate to leave. He's not really looking to be at Spurs for another season. But I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts kind of going into the Euros. Do you reckon his head's going to be in the right place? Do you reckon he can actually perform at the highest of level if he's got kind of bids coming in or his agent's kind of talking to him about Man United want you for 70 million or Man City will pay you 300k a week. So, uh, Big Kez, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts as an Arsenal fan going in for Harry Kane? Do you reckon he's going to go to Man City, Man United? Do you reckon he'll stay at uh, Tottenham? What do you kind of think? Well, I'll start by saying that any team he goes to, I'm stating the obvious, he's going to improve tenfold. Um, if he goes to United, he catapults United to real title contenders uh, next season, in my opinion. Um, and if he goes to City, then if it's possible for them to go to another level, <laughs> they'll do exactly that. Um, for me, Harry Kane, him announcing that he wants to leave, I, I see it as if he's, you know, and he is top quality, but for him to be that top bracket, he's got to show the ambition to go on and win major honours. And he's given Tottenham more than enough time um, to step up. He's given Levy enough time to, you know, step up. And Tottenham have showed that, you know, they're not really the right fit for him. So he has to move on. Um, does he go abroad? Does he stay in the Prem? I think it, it depends on the movement of Haaland as well um, to see where Kane ends up. But for me, I, I do think he'd do re really well at United. I, I um, It pains me to say it, but I feel... Um, he's more likely to go City because I think you've just signed Cavani for another year. So if you're asking me where I think he'll go, I'm thinking more likely City than United, but what do I know? Yeah, it's true. It's all speculation at the moment. But with the fact that Edison Cavani has uh, signed for another year, the fact that Anthony Martial's future, for, for fans, it seems uncertain, but I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is happy with uh, Martial and with the emergence of Mason Greenwood as well. If he starts as a centre forward, if he starts as a right winger, we don't know about that at the moment. But... For me personally, I'd love to get Harry Kane in. I think he'll have that Robin Van Persie type effect coming in as an established Premier League striker. I don't see him moving abroad unless someone like Benzema leaves or uh, Lewandowski leaves because who can you kind of go to in Europe that he will want to play for week in, week out, where he want to live week in, week out? Lewandowski will be the main man at Bayern Munich. He's not going to go to Borussia Dortmund. With Barcelona, will he play that kind of style of play with Lionel Messi? If they are looking for a striker, they are looking for Aguero, but... It'd be cool to see Harry Kane and Barcelona. That'd be fantastic. But I don't think he's going to go abroad purely because of that whole Alan Shearer comparison getting the kind of uh, Premier League record. I think that's kind of what he's looking for, Lewis. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he will stay in England personally. I, he's, a, he's a man that is very competitive. You have to be at this top level. And I, someone's got to break Alan Shearer's, Alan Shearer's record sooner rather than later, surely. Like 260 goals, don't wrong, is is impressive. But he he done it in Newcastle and Blackburn. Like, mm. yes, he won the league at Blackburn. Fair enough. They were a good team for that one season. But at the end of the day, he played for Newcastle for 15 years and that's where he got all of his goals. No other team. So I think it's, it could easily be beaten. Like, I, I genuinely think he can be beaten. I think Kane will want to beat him. Uh, I think what's got in his head, though, is have you seen the report that after Jermaine Defoe won the Scottish Premiership with Rangers, he was the, I think, 87th player to win a major honour after leaving Tottenham. So I think that that must be playing on his mind, the fact that all these players are leaving Tottenham and doing better off, that, like you said, he's given Levy enough time. He's given Tottenham all the time in the world. Um, he's been there, what, like 10 plus years now? Um, obviously, a couple of loan spells away at Leicester and teams like that, Leighton Orient, but he's got to move on if he wants to think about winning trophies and really be considered as the best striker in the world uh, in that position. And I think he'll go City and then that will free up Chelsea to buy Haaland because I think City will want either Haaland or Kane. And I think they may stray towards Kane because of the Premier League experience. Um, and it's Harry Kane, for God's sake. Like, it is. And I think Chelsea would probably be a better suit for Haaland purely because of 
you know, younger talent with Mason Mount coming in. Werner's still obviously quite young and you play him on the left. You've got Reese James, Ben Chilwell, Christian Pulisic, who will know Harlan. No, will he know Harland or did he sign after? No, he won't know Harland. Really. Mm. But regardless, yeah, and I I, I think Borussia Dortmund are going to get ransacked for their players, bloody. Jaden Sancho's going to go Man United. Uh, Harlan's going to go to uh, Chelsea and I think Kane will go City. No, there will be the three big transfers, I think, this summer. It's just the fact that we've gone another year without fans in the ground. Who can actually afford these kind of plays, these Harlands, these Canes, and if they can actually put up the money to kind of go for the wages as well. But Daniel Levy, as we all know, is a, is a shrewd businessman. He's not going to want to get rid of him. But like you just mentioned, the fact that Jermaine Defoe's won a title with Rangers, if you just look at his own teammates, Harry Kane, Kyle Walker going to Manchester City, getting title off the title win a Champions League final, for goodness sake, as well, and could potentially be a treble winner at the end of the season. If you look at um, players that literally are available on the market, there aren't many that you think is actually going to be of any benefit to Man City besides Haaland or Kane. There's rumours yeah. of Danny Ings, there's rumours of Lukaku, but Lukaku's only been there two seasons. I don't think, personally, I don't think he'd want to go to Man City to kind of spite the Man United fans in that way. But um, And he just won the Serie A with Inter Milan, so yeah. they're going to want to defend that. They're going to be in the Champions League. So I, I couldn't see Lukaku leaving Inter anytime soon. Yeah, it is literally the main man in Italy currently at the moment, besides Ronaldo and besides uh, Zlatan, because he's actually won the title and is someone that I believe will actually be there for a couple of years as well. And he said before, he's always wanted to play for Inter Milan. And that's something I don't really see. It's just the whole rigmarole and it's a merry-go-round of strikers coming in, strikers going out. But I, I agree with the fact that he'll go to Man City. But I have a slight feeling he's going to go to Chelsea. I feel like you'll want to kind of stay in London. I feel like you'll want to kind of work with uh, Thomas Tuchel with the management style that he's got. And I reckon it will be someone that um, will actually focal, will use Harry Kane as the focal point. Man City's Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola's, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City is just the whole 11. But Harry Kane, I reckon he'll work well with Thomas Tuchel. That's my thought personally. But Ryan, what do you kind of think about that? Do you reckon he could actually go to Chelsea? Or is it because there's such a rivalry there, you don't really see Harry Kane going from Spurs to Chelsea? No, I think the rivalry at this point for Harry Kane can be overlooked. He's, you know, like we said, he's been there eight to ten years. He's given blood, sweat and tears for the club. He's he's done everything that he can. The only thing he hasn't done is obviously get that trophy, get that, his hands on a trophy. And for me, I think Harry Kane is one of the best players to ever live that has not won a trophy. Like, you cannot be that good for that long, for this amount of time in, you know, the, the highest of levels in terms of leagues. And, and not come out and win something. So in terms of rivalry, can I see him going to Chelsea? Absolutely. Do I think he would have any problem with doing that? No, because Harry Kane can easily walk out of Tottenham and say he did everything and he has. And Tottenham fans can, you know, not be... Obviously, the last place they want him to go is obviously a London rival like Chelsea. In terms of who I do see him going to, I think, like we said, he is, he is one to go for records. I do think he wants that Alan Shearer record. In terms of teams that fit him the best I think it will be Manchester City unfortunately obviously Jesus isn't the man for them I don't think at all Aguero's obviously seen himself on on his way out and right now Harry Kane's in the prime of his career and no better team to join right now in the Premier League other than the best team in it which is Manchester City so yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's going to be a big saga. I hope it's not as like how Manchester United are with Sancho, literally always looking for news, always looking for rumours. Like Everyone wants Harry Kane. He's one of the few players in the world that can go to any team that he chooses, that he pleases. So for me, I do see him at Man City, but I think all, all of us would love Harry Kane in our teams, no matter what. And Tell um, me about him, mate. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We got Joel Lennon up top. Of course I do. What's up with him? This, this is but why nah. this is why the Saudi owner should have really taken over Newcastle just to, just to get Harry Kane in as well. Yeah, that would have been be something fair, special. Don't, don't, you're still in the running, I reckon, when, if you if you get this big owner in. So don't <laughs> don't get your chickens just yet. But now nah, Harry Kane, I think is um, this is going to be the start of the fall for Tottenham because obviously he's the main man. He's earned his way out because he, he's he's. He's too good to um, to not be picking up trophies. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I hope it's the Chelsea. Obviously, it'd be uh, easy for, like, removals and stuff. He can, like, stay at home and chill there. <laughs> His wife will be happy with her two kids. We ain't got to move. Let's have it. Put your feet up, love. I'm only going around the corner. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Man City is the, uh, the perfect fit for him. But, yeah, who knows? 
who knows who knows but now nah, i don't think he's going to really care about the removals about going from <laughs> going from what north london to manchester it'll be absolutely fine in cheshire which will be which will be fun <laughs> uh, but no even this this spells trouble for tottenham as well if he goes like mm. you said it's the start of the end for them they got too big for their boots in my opinion with daniel levy kind of sack Mourinho, sacking pochettino for goodness sake and who can actually replace harry kane you can't really put a finger on actually replacing someone to get it's not just the goals, but the assists and the leadership he brings on the pitch. And mm-hmm. um, we'll leave that as a rhetorical question because really, I don't see anyone that's going to actually go to Tottenham. And not even just as a manager, like uh, I think Nagelsmann was someone that was rumoured of them, but he went to Bayern Munich and Ten Hag was, is rumoured. Was it Eric Den Hag? Then they want him. Yeah, from played, Ajax. Played at Ajax, just, yeah. He's just won the league with Ajax. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's Kushti there after the last couple mm. of years of getting into the Champions League semi-finals. And I don't really see... Tottenham, if they lose Harry Kane, kind of building their way back. It'll be like when Gareth Bale left and have to sign six seven places to kind of compensate for the goals yeah. and assistance. I think as well. as time progresses, the candidates will get more realistic. So they've started off right at the top with Nagelsmann and yeah, they'll end up with like Scott Parker or someone. That, you know what I mean? I might imagine. <laughs> oh, to be fair, he were bad at Fulham, but, but he he's not a Tottenham manager, realistic. <laughs> and one thing that we didn't mention, we didn't mention how he, he could potentially go to Liverpool. Does anyone think that he could go there? Can they afford him though? Can they afford him? That's the thing. Firmino's on his way out. Like he offers, we we know they didn't sign him for goals. They signed him for his flair, the fact he can lay off Salah and Mane and stuff like that. And he has done that. But there's only so much that he's going to get you realistically. Like there's only so many goals Salah can score on his own. If they're going to want to bounce back and win that title again, they need their defence back. But also they are going to need another goal scorer because Mane has slipped off. Yeah. It's true. And I think it's just, for me, I think it's just the one season issue of Sadio Mane. The fact that they do play their rock and roll football, they do rely heavily on the crowd, which is a crap excuse, I have to say. You can't just rely on the crowd to get you up for games. I think that's been poor all season from Liverpool. But the fact that Mane, I think it's just one of those seasons. I think it's one of those things where he'll get back into it next season after a proper pre season, resting properly, and he'll be back to normal. It's just the fact that, again, they're a pressing team from the front, but Salah is the one that yeah. does the least of the pressing uh, for Liverpool Football Club. Um, but we could talk about Mo Salah and Liverpool night if his guy actually going to leave the season for PSG. But I think we'll we'll kind of end it around here with Harry Kane if he is going to go if he's if he's going to Man City, Man United. Obviously, we want Man United. Ryan wants um, Chelsea. Kez is is kind of think will he stay in North London? Will he come to <laughs> Arsenal? I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. But we'll just have to wait and see this summer. Um, but before I let you guys go, I just wanted to ask you what kind of what, what are you kind of up to this summer? How are you kind of looking with your podcast? Um, Lewis, Ryan, why don't you just tell us what is football days up to this summer? What have you got planned for us? So it's the well, football Euros is coming home. Like that's what that's coming. what we're all about. So obviously the Premier League season ends this weekend, and I think I'll enjoy the two week break just for a little bit, and then I'll miss football again. But it don't matter because the Euros is coming. So yeah, we will plan to carry on over the summer weekly episodes as we always have. We're going to do different topics in terms of, again, our Premier League team of the season we'll most likely talk about. So, sorry if we repeat ourselves. Um, But, yeah, also our predictions for the Euros. We'll keep up to date with all the action, all the summer transfers, anything like that. Um, But that will be probably the main aim is the fact that the Euros and the fact it's going to be coming home. <laughs> don't, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't give me hope. We're gonna win touching wood. We're all good. We're touching wood. I've got the wood right here now. We'll be good. Hopefully, it'll be a fun Euros. It'll be fun to go for as well. But I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I'm gonna enjoy your podcast. But we probably need to do like a fantasy football for Euros as well and get in a little league of sorts. That'd be quite fun to be doing. They do it on Dream Team, don't they? On Sun. Yeah. I'll start they, one up. I'll start one I up. think they do one on the official app as well. I think I've got it. On yeah, the I think for the first time this season, the uh, the official print. Um, BPL one has got one for the Euros or something like that. I see like, up for that. There's like rumours of it coming out because everyone's trying to get like the uh, the rules of it because they want to like sweat it in like do really well. <laughs> well <laughs> Kane, Ronaldo, Lewandowski is your front three. That would be fun. Oh, well, that would be just oh, really powerful. Cool. Just Kane stat padding against Czech Republic and Scotland. That's just me getting <laughs> my hopes up as well. Um, mm. But no, Big Kez, what have you got planned for us this summer? I've been seeing you've been doing your football uh, podcast as well as your FIFA gaming, if, that, if that's correct. Yeah, so the gaming runs along um, sort of separate, but we'll continue into the Euro other than Arsenal and Chelsea fans arguing. It will just be a United front supporting England and the boys. Um, so, yeah, we'll carry on weekly just following the Euros. Um, yeah, watch-alongs, live watch-alongs as well. Um, so, yeah, be us. 
No, that would be good to see. And uh, even with us at Friday Night Council, we're going to be taking things a lot lighter this summer because we've got our football in event coming up, which is called, uh, I forgot the name of it. I think it's called Hall of Fame Mania, where a couple of our guys, um, they play like a, their own World Cup final where they big it all up in WWE style. So they'll be <laughs> they'll be enjoying that this summer. So I'll send you lot the link later to see how they're kind of doing it. But for me personally, in terms of Friday Night Counter-Attack, we're quite happy with our weekly podcast. We've done a couple of pre-recorded episodes for the summer, but we'll take a little break if people are on holiday. We don't really need to post weekly episodes when it's like the transfer season and stuff like that. We're looking forward to the Euros. We're looking forward to a couple more watch alongs, maybe the Champions League final. If we're happy to do a Champions League final watch along, that'd be quite fun. Um, but no, it's just the fact we're looking forward to the Euros. We're gonna, I'm going to get some of my scouting colleagues on. We're going to be discussing the kind of young players coming up from the lesser known countries in the Euros, just so we can kind of learn a bit more about them and see how they're kind of kind of doing in this kind of tournament coming up. And even with the Copa Americas, I just found out recently some BBC, which will be yeah. amazing, really, free to view uh, games. So uh, I can go back to my teenage years of staying up till stupid o'clock in the morning watching mm -hmm. Brazil versus Paraguay in in the copa america which would be fun to see as well but no we're looking forward to our summer full of football and full of just kind of enjoying ourselves and really just kind of trying different things really so by all means kez if you want me to have a game of fifa 21 i'll probably just sweat it with bruce dortmund of harland and sancho <laughs> uh online but I'm, I'm looking forward to if if we're looking forward to having a couple of games later on that quite fun and uh lewis and ryan by all means if we, we're going to be uh, having more conversations in the summer that'll be quite fun to kind of get it Get involved and for me personally again uh, it'd be quite nice to just get out of the house really and kind of have, do these live podcasts and just little uh meet and greet not meet and greet but kind of meeting people as opposed to just being in a lot i think it'll be quite fun tell me about me and ryan doing a podcast haven't seen each other for what we've worked out about a year and a half now yeah um, just because of lockdown but we're getting together to go to london to watch the champions league final so mm -hmm. we're going to one of those fan zones because he's a chelsea fan so uh oh. And I'm never going to experience being a fan of a Champions League final team. So, <laughs> uh, or at least anytime soon. So that's going to be my fun. We're going to, yeah, I'm buzzing for that, to be fair. No, that'll mm, be fun. You yeah. can do like live reactions or something like that for Ryan as well. Just live stream it on Instagram. Just... <laughs> oh, I won't just... leave him alone. Just get a camera in his face all day. Just not yeah, like, really just like not, just not like the Ben Chilwell one on the weekend again. Sorry, oh, Ryan, but that, uh, those reactions from like, um, like pubs and fans was ridiculous, and Chelsea fan TV brutal. Was just brutal. That was brutal. me. That was literally me. I went absolutely <laughs> mental. Uh, I was at a big family uh, family event, and I was, me and my dad were the only Chelsea fans there, <laughs> and I, we just went through the roof, and then everyone was like, I was actually in Leicester at the time as well, and everyone was pointing, saying, "He's offside. He's offside." And I was like. You're joking, no. And then he was outside, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best FA Cup. And obviously, we lost it last season as well to Arsenal. I'm sure yeah. you remember that, Kez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, you're really taking London, a batter in today, Ryan. Jeez, I know, it's not been easy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on for a friendly chat about our team in a season. We're just fully Ryan and Chelsea. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we win the uh, Champions League. That's the only one I care about. We'll, we'll try and get you on if you win the Champions League, and and then you'll have you'll, you'll have a time in the sun. But no, oh, I just absolutely. the ladies got thumped yesterday as well, didn't they? Oh, God. oh more Chelsea! It was like one nil after thirty seconds. You know what the funniest thing about it was is I had the um, Chelsea women um, on Twitter, and it was just like, "Come on, Chelsea, kick off!" First tweet: one nil Barcelona. <laughs> one minute. It was four nil down at half time, weren't they? Bless them, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I think but... Martin just gave us a bit of pity and just thought. Well, we'll we won't score anymore in the second half. But, um... <laughs> but they did win the FA Cup and the Women's Super League, so you can't fault them for that. They've had a great season. So fair play mm -hmm. to them. No, definitely. They have, yeah. Still bottled it. I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we'll end it there to save you any more slam. Yeah, though. cheers. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Lewis and Ryan from his football day, thank you very much for your time today because uh, one third of two Maggie's up. So thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it's been our little Avengers Assemble type football podcast. So mm -hmm. I've quite enjoyed it. It's nice to see you all again um, and take care. Thank you very much.